0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the garden, when God promised that the Christ would come and deliver his people, Adam and Eve expected the promise to be fulfilled immediately. In fact, Eve thought at first that Cain was the Christ child. Well, what a disappointment he turned out to be. Ten generations later, Noah's father also thought that his newborn son would be the Messiah, saying, this one will bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. But Noah was not the Christ, even though God did use him to save a remnant of humanity from the destruction of the flood. Eve and Noah's father were wrong about the timeline, but they were right to believe that God would keep his promise. And so as the centuries passed and faithful believers kept the hope of the promise alive, the mockers and scoffers were always present to ask, if the Messiah hasn't come in several thousand years, why should we believe he'll ever come? God's promise is a fairy tale for children and simple-minded people. But every word of God Is true. And in the fullness of time, as the author of Hebrews writes, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Jesus came to earth to His own people, but they did not recognize Him as their Messiah. Instead, they condemned Him to death and executed Him as a common criminal. But having been raised from the dead, Jesus promised his disciples that he would return on the last day to judge the world and to usher the faithful into a new heaven and a new earth. As we know, these things took place about 2,000 years ago. And once again, just as St. Peter predicted... Scoffers have come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were at the time of creation. No one knew the exact time of our Lord's first coming, and no one knows the day or hour of his return. But Jesus tells us, as it was in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware when the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. When you look around at the world, we see all the things happening today that were happening at the time of Noah. The world is consumed with the business of life and refuses to heed the warning that the day of judgment is at hand. It was this way in the days of Noah. Imagine this. For 100 years, Noah worked away at his ark While his neighbors mocked and laughed at what they thought was a crazy old man. But God kept his promise. And the flood did come. Several thousand years later, God once again kept his promise and the Savior came. And now it has been another 2,000 years. You can be sure of one thing. God will keep his promise And Christ will return. Jesus tells us that there will be two responses to his coming on the last day. The nations of the earth will be in anguish and distress. People will be fainting. Actually, a better translation is expiring. Dropping dead with fear and foreboding of what is coming on the world. But to all believers, Jesus says... When these things take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. The end of all things will be a time of terror for the nations of the world. Those who are not prepared to meet Christ, those who did not look for his appearing with longing and expectation, will be in dismay. But for the church of God, This will be the greatest day of rejoicing. Our Lord returns to end all suffering forever. The heavenly bridegroom comes at last to bring his beloved bride home. Rejoice and be glad, because your redemption is drawing near. Unbelieving skeptics will, of course, try to poke holes in Jesus' words. Wait a second, how will every eye see him coming in the clouds when we all live on different sides of the globe? But this is the foolish wisdom of man. On the last day, the whole earth and universe will be completely changed beyond anything that we can comprehend with our present notions of space and time. And then the sky will be rolled up like a scroll, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. The earth and all its works will be laid bare, and then we shall be caught up in the air to meet our Lord. Does this sound like a fairy tale? Perhaps it does, measured against human experience. But these words are a promise from God. This day is coming. As surely as God became man, entered our time and space, suffered and died, so also he will return to end time and to abolish suffering and death forever. When the night is darkest when the world least expects it, then Jesus will suddenly appear without warning as a thief in the night. And so Jesus warns his church. He warns you, watch yourself, lest your heart be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. Why would Jesus warn us unless there were a very real danger? Take these words to heart. How many followers of Christ have become weighed down with the cares of this world? And what about you? Have you lost sight of your focus on Jesus and his return? We are not citizens of this world. This is not our true home. But it's easy to forget. It's easy to get caught up in the rat race of bills and credit cards and ballet practice. So think about this. When was the last time you considered the imminent return of Christ with longing? When was the last time you prayed, Come, Lord Jesus? If this cry is not in your heart and mind, then you have become weighed down with the trappings of this world. Repent. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust decay and where thieves break in and steal Do not labor for the bread that perishes. Labor instead for the bread that gives eternal life. The only thing that matters in this life is being prepared to meet Jesus when he returns. What does it mean to be prepared? It means to be in the faith, to trust in the salvation that Jesus accomplished in his first coming, and to look for his second coming with joy. At the end of his life, the apostle Paul wrote, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the just judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. Dear Christians, this promise is for you. Joy unspeakable awaits all who watch and wait for our Lord's coming. On that day, the division between heaven and earth will be abolished. New Jerusalem, the city of God, descends from heaven. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death will shall be no more, neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have all passed away. He who was once spit upon, scourged, bloody, mocked, and crucified, will come in a cloud with power and great glory. And all the saints on earth And those who have preceded us in death cry out, How long, O Lord? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. In his name, amen.